Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. That is awesome. Sort of way to get a set. You're right, right. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is the Man Up Podcast. Uh, we are so glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. So if you take a globe, spin it around, and if you're lucky, you'll get in Texas. We're in the southeast corner, largest city is Houston, and we're on the southwest side. That is Sugarland. This is the Man Up Podcast, and this is a spiritual oasis for men. And what we do is we get together. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to make our life better and more meaningful. And what we do is we have an adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class where we get together and we go over a lesson, and we're in Connect 360, and we talk about it. And then we get together on the Wednesday night and we steal all the good material that was talked about on Sunday and, and, and we talk about it again on this podcast. And so we're glad you're here. We're in our second year and it is awesome. We have some great guys here. And when I, when I introduce them, I introduce them not only by their profession, but also by their hobby or their avocation to give you a little bit of depth into what these guys are like. And you'll get to know them, and if you'll listen to our podcasts, we've got 50-some, and it's the same basic group, and they're a great bunch of guys, and you will relate to them. And we talk about stuff that you can't talk about anywhere else. And so I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel at this point in time, and then uh, and then we'll go around and get their overview of the lesson. I want to start out with, uh, we have Robert Koshu. He is a professional trainer. We call him the professor. Great guy. It's always wonderful to have him here. I have to step up my game when Robert's in the house. We also have, he's a, an attorney and he's also a prosecutor. So he could defend you, but more than likely he'll throw the book at you. He's Mr. Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. It's great having him here. And he's wearing his man-up shirt. Yeah, looking good. <laughs> and he's an insurance salesman. Kind of like a risk assessment in a way. <clears throat> but also great guy. He's our class deacon, Kyle Trahan. And we have a policy writer, intellectual, professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch. So, and my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically a sales guy, but I'm a writer and actor as well. And I'm the director of this Man Up. We are in lesson three, which is repentance, deliverance, and remembrance. So, uh, go ahead and start out with Mr. Steve. If you want to <clears throat> introduce the lesson to us. Oh uh, well, it's you know, we're talking about confession and repentance. Uh, and how they go hand in hand, they're not the same thing. Uh, we, we skip a pretty interesting part. Uh, I, since you asked, I'll, I'll throw it in. At this point, uh, since we talked last week about um, essentially Samuel hearing from God, 
uh, we get a side, well, I will call it a side story. We, the action moves away from Samuel for a while, and we get this big story about the uh, battle with the Philistines, uh, a lot of information about the Ark that has, I'm sure, fueled a lot of screenwriters and popular imagination, but uh, the Hebrews and the Philistines, so the Philistines were, were a really a long-time enemy of the Hebrews. They were the biggest enemy, the most powerful enemy, until the Assyrians came along, uh, conquered the Philistines, and began to harass the, the, the kingdom of Israel, which, which, which by then had, had, was, had come into existence. So uh, the, uh, the Philistines and, and the Hebrews uh, have a battle, uh, the first day doesn't go well at all for the Hebrews, for the Israelites, so they send up for the ark. Bring it out! Bring on God! Come on now! Bring it out! Get it closer to the and, action. And Why are you ready? Where is the ark? The ark, the ark is with Samuel. The ark is, exactly. is, is right. back. I had, in fact, I had this it's moment. Back at Shiloh. It's in Shiloh. Yeah, with, with, really? I bought this to class. as much as with Eli and his yes, kids. Yes, Eli's, Eli is still there, we should right. say. Eli and his still kids. Is actually, his kids are down, down at this battle, as we find out. So, you know, this is supposed to, this is, you know, this is the, they're bringing out the heavy hitters here. Uh, this is supposed to be the, you know, well, right. put them up there. And even the Philistines get a little worried in the text. Oh, my goodness, they're bringing out the, uh-oh. All right. But the Philistines seem to marshal their bravery, and it's a catastrophe for the Israelites. They, they lose 30,000 mm -hmm. soldiers. Hophni and Phineas are killed, and uh, the Ark is captured, right. carted off to Philistine. Philistine, Philistine, um, yeah. and when Eli gets word of it back at Shiloh, he's so shocked he falls off his chair, breaks his neck, and dies. And and I, for the next maybe months or a few years, the ark kind of goes around Philistine well, they, they, because they, they can't. It doesn't. It, <laughs> they, they put it in one. They put it in one city, one of their main cities, and they come out the next morning, and their head god, I think it's Ashereth. Is like dead. Yes, that's right. Ashereth was the same. And he had fallen over. So they stand him back up and they come out the next day and he's fallen over again and his arms and his hands are broken off. <laughs> and so they kind of rotate it around because they're like, yeah. And, and like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, boils break yeah, out and right. tumors. You're 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 your screenwriter. <laughs> yes, the screenwriter stuff. Not 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 the, uh, like the, the injuries of James Dean's Porsche. Yeah, yes, you know? yeah, it really doesn't amount. But but what they get so this is a great story. They get so frustrated with it and so annoyed with it. It goes there there there. It goes through most of the cities of Philistine and, and and today Philistine covered much where the Gaza Strip is. Gaza is mentioned in these texts. Uh, and it goes up kind of the coast of the Mediterranean a bit higher now to parts where Israel and even Lebanon might be. But the, the Philistines get so go sick, so frustrated with this thing and so tired of it, they literally put it on a cart with some guilt offerings to a pair of you know pure calves and just point them toward Israel. We're, we're <laughs> and done And just with say, you. go. We're done with you. Go. And it comes back. And... and, and um, and and it, then it it stays at at, at a, a place called Cariath Jerem, uh, which is uh, looking at my map. Jerusalem really hasn't been established yet. It's it looks like it's about maybe 10, 20 miles southwest mm -hmm. of Shiloh, and it stays there. We're told for twenty years, while we presume Samuel grows up. 
And then we pick up the story here. And now, um, apparently, in Israel, there's been a change of heart since the days of the judges since these years have gone by, since the ark has been out of their presence. I mean, they've, they valued that. Maybe not as much as they should have, uh, because we talked about it in our lesson. We can get into that. And, but certainly they're ready to perhaps repent. And that's where we learn about there's more, there's more to repentance than feeling bad about yourself. Right and right. and Samuel actually and in probably the real first act of leadership we see him do in public he leads the Israelite people in these acts of repentance and we'll see what they are as we move along. Excellent, Caltrain. You know, uh, to me it's uh, you know. I don't know. I've said it a bunch that it's it's hard to believe a lot of the things that you read in the Bible and you know in the natural. So I, I read that you know they turned back to the Lord. They gave up Baal and mm-hmm. you're talking about how many people? I mean, come on, guys, you're scholars well, enough. Thirty thousand people died in one battle. There have to be yeah, there's so, several so million. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. approaching a million. <laughs> so, I would say that. Where was the turn? You know, so the. Philistines, you know, running around with the ark going, oh, crap, I don't want this thing. <laughs> you know, there was an instance where you go, okay, maybe something happened. But what made them all, I mean, the routing of the the Philistines, and so they turned back to God and gave up their idols? Uh, it just makes it hard for me to believe. So well, I, well, Samuel, that's, <coughs> that's what, that's what I think the first thing. Samuel says... He, they, I don't think they actually lay down in, in some kind of group act of group they spontaneous. Were they, they were, were Sam, Sam, Well, we should read this. We should we should read the section right. now right. Um, because Samuel. That's the, one of the condition. Right. First condition. Samuel says you got to do. Michael Cropper, yeah, your, right. your overview. I'm so glad to see brought, brought this section up. There's actually a little bit more to it than that. Right. The first battle with the Philistines was four thousand Israelites. The second was thirty thousand Israelites. Then when they put the uh, ark on the cart, and, and, and you got to see this, everybody, including the Israelites at this time, thinks the power of God is in the ark, not in God. Right? right? right. This, is, this is important yeah. to understand because right. we're going to get into it with the scripture. Okay? So they put this ark on the cart, like Steve says, and it heads up to Israel, and it goes to Beth Shemesh. Okay? Beth Shemesh, they run out, they're excited, they're elated. They cut up the oxen and make burnt offerings out of them and look in the Ark of the Covenant. These are Israelites. 50,000 of them died. You read that. 50,700 Israelites died. It's in uh, six. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, in six. This is what they <laughs> All right, we may. Because it says they looked in the ark. Let's see. He struck down the band of Bashemesh, number 19, verse 19. There it is. Because they looked into the ark of the Lord, he struck down 50,070 men of the Israelites. And the people lamented because the Lord struck the people with a great slaughter, even more than the Philistines did. So, I, I, and this is setting them up for seven, which is what today's lesson mm-hmm. is. They, uh, remember, what's so fascinating is about, and, and I find the same thing true, that if I'm not careful, I equate God and his power to an object. Mm-hmm. Whoa, very nice. 
instead of a deed. Yeah, instead of who he is. Yes. And, uh, and that's what gets them into trouble. Like we talked about yes. this in our class. They go to the ark in that first battle. Yeah. They go to the ark as it's a, just another. Yeah. It's another weapon in the in the right. arsenal. Yeah, it's right. another yeah. tool. And, yeah. and you know, and at that point they had, you know, they had they didn't the ark was I, I, my impression was the ark was not there by itself. There may have well, been they, some Asher's they, poles or they well they, they would have had to have had the Asher's pole because well the poles to carry the ark would have been mm -hmm. there for sure. Well that that was yeah. where those were part of it, yeah. but they had other idols. So yeah. you know, like they went uh, not that one. Of, one. The, one of the bales, <laughs> yeah. One. Let's let's bring that well Yeah, they had that with Joshua yeah. had that one. That's that's kind of never failed. Bring, bring, but they, bring, bring what worked against the Egyptians. Yes. Exactly. Yes. What is always mm -hmm. going in front of them yeah. before battle? Mm -hmm. The yeah. ark. Right. So, so they equate the ark with God. Right. Mm -hmm. In front, they went into the Red Sea. Instead of they went into the Jordan. What was it? The the Jericho. In Instead of just recognizing the ark as has the symbolism, symbolism of, the of God, they equated it as God. Yes. Which is an easy way for them to turn to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because right. well. Baal is just a little object mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and, you know? and, so, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. Very cool. <laughs> All right. And we're going to go ahead and get into the scripture. It is 1 Samuel 7. So the men of Kiriath Jerem came and took up the ark of the Lord. They took it at Benadad's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar and his son to guard the ark of the Lord. It was a long time. 20 years in all that the ark remained at Kiriath Jerem and all the people of Israel mourned and sought after the Lord and Samuel said to the whole house of Israel if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines so the Israelites put away their bales and asterisks and serve the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel in Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted where they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel was leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hands of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it up as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He did cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines grew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to the, a point below beth -car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israelite territory again. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron and Gath to the Philistines 
had captured from Israel were restored to her, and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the power of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel continued his judge over Israel all the days of his life. From year to year he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was. And there he also judged Israel, and he built an altar there to the Lord. I want to point out something, that last sentence you read there. Last week, uh, when, when we talked about this, I said Samuel was just a great prophet. He was. But it says here he's still one of the judges, even though he got his mm -hmm. own book. So the judges is the last judge. He is the well, sort of the last. The his two sons sort of took over. We'll talk about that later. That's, that's right. next uh, episode. <laughs> now, you know, one, one thing I want to bring up. This goes back to and, and it ties into the story Steve one. And it goes back, and you have to go back to the end of last week. In the very last verses last week. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Yes, okay? Absolutely. Then you get in and you find out Samuel's established, but who's still in charge? Eli, Eli. Phineas, and Hopney. That's right. And so Eli, Phineas, and Hopney had, when we talk in leadership circles, we call that they were given leadership. They had leadership by title. Eli was in charge of the temple, therefore he put his kids in charge, and so when they have problems, they all run off. Samuel grew by what's called inferred leadership. That's the meaning behind the word, his words never fell to the ground. That his words always get listened to and paid attention to, and one of the things that this lesson teaches us is, even if you really weren't in charge, because he wasn't, now 20, and basically 20 years had gone by and nothing had happened. They kind of just right. moseyed along is kind of the, the feeling I get from this passage. But Samuel comes out and starts talking to him and telling him, and as you said, it's not like they all repented at once. They kind of, there was this kind of growing grassroots effort, as you were, of return to the Lord, and Samuel comes out, and the first thing he says is, if you really want to follow the Lord and do everything you should, get rid of Baal, get rid of your asterisk, and follow only the Lord. But I think, you know, the real, uh, one of the, the points that's kind of glossed over on this is the fact that he manned up, and he called it the way it needed to be called. And it was, it's hard to swim against the tide. I mean, oh, I mean think, think it, about it that. It is. But they started listening to him because he had, a, he had character and he had quality points of him right. that would help them listen too. But you see that in life, though, too. Uh, in jobs, you'll see someone that, is, that has a position. They aren't particularly competent at that position, and yet one of their underlings is awesome. So when the chips are really down, they kind of just give lip service to the to the boss, but then they go to the underling, who is the really 
the boss that really he has really the lead. He really runs it. Really, it, or that person the, knows. Uh, I'll do the military equivalent. Yeah. And the military, I like. I was going to look at Kyle because we've seen that. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of war movies. You see, there's the young lieutenant who's in charge of the platoon, but we all know who's really in charge of the platoon. The old grizzled sergeant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who has been there. And and it's much the same thing. The lieutenant has been given the leadership. Right. And eventually his men may follow him right. if he does right. One of my favorite war movies of all time is Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood plays the old grizzled sergeant. The lieutenant's kind of a college boy <laughs> that comes out. Well, and that's the, yeah. that's the thing. One of my favorite ones is Band of Brothers. Yeah. And Captain Spears comes in to lead this attack, and he's just awesome. And it's just amazing that the what the difference, and that's what we preach in this class all the time. The difference of one can mm-hmm. be a huge difference, and especially the leader. When they take over, it changes the the whole direction of the snake. They got to follow if he's a leader. If he really is a leader, they have to follow. And I think maybe this was graduation time for Samuel. I, I, I earlier I said this may you know obviously this is his first documented in the Bible his first big appearance. But if we go by the implication from the previous verse that that, that Robert read, people knew about him. He right. was already on the radar. He's he right. was the and and this is twenty years now. Eli's gone. Right. Um, so it's sort of he's he's the he's young up and comer. Yes. And now and now because obviously he had some authority. Right. When it, his words didn't didn't hit the ground and and but he this is when he stepped up. Right. He knew he knew that this was the time to come out and. Say what needed to be said, as you said, and and knew the right course to take. Uh, and and I think this the repentance and the judgment was he was getting his people in line to be led. He came out as the leader, but I'm not going to lead you if there's nobody to lead. You know, and I think that. He put that on the table for them, making sure that they're ready. You know, the uh, the, the scripture that we're looking at, when you do really and truly turn to the Lord with all your heart, involves uh, uh, first he says, "Don't just tell the Lord I'm turning to you, Lord. You have to show it." It's real clear. Absolutely. He says, "Rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks, and then commit yourselves to the Lord and serve Him only." And uh, and he will deliver you. And uh, the author of our, our lesson uh, mentioned something in one of the paragraphs in the early section in the introduction. He says, uh, he says, you know, I get in the habit of thinking that sometimes when I sin, I just need to stop doing that, and that's all she wrote. Instead, he says, I've got to look at myself and say, Lord, forgive me. I come to you and ask for your help in this. And boy, I'm I'm bad at. It. I can tell you. I do something, look at a, a bad picture or something, and then think, no, I need to stop that, and that's all it is. But you have to go to the Lord with your heart and say, look, I am sorry. I want to turn away from this. I want to not do that again and ask for his help. 
So it's more than just saying I just want to stop this. It's what, well, what, that's what we had. That's where our current. discussion went because Kyle is a recovering Catholic and was talking about the difference between uh -huh. <clears throat> confession and true repentance. No, that's good. Yeah. You know, I, I I never understood it. You know, you went into the the little room with a curtain or a door, and you got a a little screen. A priest on the other side, yeah. and you'd give the. Uh, to me, it was half the time it was lip service. You needed to do it to keep appearance, you know, because other people in your church. I mean, you know, they know it's a small town. You didn't go to confession today, Steve. You know, and I saw you at church, and I didn't see you go. You know, so to me, they told you this stuff. That was well, I mean, you went to Catholic school. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, oh, yeah. That's it. There is pressure. Let's put it Actually, what Kyle's not saying is they were asking him, how'd you get out of it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how were you able to miss? But, you know. You slipped the fire to Right, right. You know, Here you go. <laughs> Trust me, I wasn't good. Here you go. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you'd yeah. go in and, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been God us only you know, however long, and then, you know, you go into this little spiel, and it, it was very... Ritual. Very ritualistic that, you know, most Catholicism, the way I see it now, is that it's it's based on a lot of ritual. And, you know, you'd say, oh, you know, I, I cussed today, and I didn't obey my mom, or, you know, whatever you're confessing, doesn't matter, you could say anything. Um, you know, because it's supposed to be similar to the attorney-client privilege right. that I can tell the priest anything that I've done, and he'll absolve me of my sins. Well, that was the part I never understood, because you're talking to a dude. You know, half of these guys, I, we knew them. They, they knew my dad. He went to the seminary with them. They'd come to the house and drink with my dad. Right. You know, and I'm going in and confess. So I did, for me, it was very strange, but... At the end of it all, he'd go, okay, well, you know, Robert, you did this, so um, go out and say five Hail Marys for this, and you did that, so that's like another 25 Hail Marys, and, you know, then say some my fathers, and you're done. You had 25. You had a strict priest. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> man, right. man, in New York, man, you get, you get five, and you're done. You know, but again, you know, you'd go out and you'd do it, you know, but again, to well, me, it was less idea. service. Okay, okay. I'm going to so do it. I didn't think I would. It, Bonhoeffer called it cheap grace. Grace isn't yeah. cheap. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know, I never remember sitting there. Grace. I never remember sitting there in the repentance phase. Right. It was always in the confession phase of just saying it out loud. But it was never to the point of actually going into your heart and saying, God, I'm truly sorry for what I've done. Well, here's the difference, though. And help me. Well, I, I'm going to be judged right now, and I'm uh -oh. going to just tell you this. You're, you're evaluating faith as a moment of time and not as the, that being an important part of your journey. Because now you certainly know the difference between oh, yeah. confession and actual repentance. And the mere fact that, and I get it, that when we're younger... Probably, if we say it with our words, they're trying to help us establish habits. I'm sure that's 
that's probably part of the that's, philosophy that's behind part of it. it. But the other part really is, it really is a sense of work salvation. Yeah. Versus grace salvation. It, it is. Sure. That's what. That's because sure. whole idea about right. saying you are forgiven. I mean, that's. I mean, we'll get a little Lutheran. The idea of right. having to do. You you don't have to do your own penance. It's. I mean, right. you you can have the examination of conscience. That's what they call the period right. before confession, confession, which I think is closer to the idea. If you get some Protestant churches do the do a do a few minute, moments of confession at the beginning of the service. Uh, we remember our sins. and then, But then comes the affirmation or the assurance of pardon. Um, and, and because it's, 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 it's there. But to, to kind of get back to what I was thinking, there is a bit of a, of a ritual or a ceremony, a ritual here described right. where they, again, it's symbolic of their turning, but it is described here and it's, is somewhat important. The pouring out of the, out of water. the water. Uh, this is and all. The burn in, of the and, whole calf. And, uh, and and so they are they are making. This is I, t- I think should be read as an an outward symbol of their commitment. Their 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 yeah. change. The, sure, the commitment yeah. to change, which I think is really that's that's and that's and what I think it is. The difference is he says. If you really turn, then you're going to do this. Versus before, it was, oh my God, we're in trouble. Send the ark out here. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. He really put the emphasis on the, if this is what you're going to do, then you're going to show it by this. You know, it's the, it's the James, going to the book of James, where, you know, Faith without works is dead. You know, if you really faith, if you really have faith, then you're going to show acts of service. This is the, I think what we're seeing right. is a danger. What, what we yes. want into the modern day is, uh, well, I'm saved. <laughs> you yes. know, I, there, there's, uh, um, I, well, well, Joe, you're, you're, you're going to that gentleman's club every week. I mean, you didn't just do it by accident on somebody's, you know, bachelor thing, you're doing this every week. Uh, well, I'm saved. I'm, 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 you're, you're not, it's, you're, you're, you know, we, we can get, get it. essentially that, yeah. that commitment isn't there. Um, that commitment to change. Now, you know, you do fall. That people are going to fall. That's part of the, the process. But also it's that, well, really I should be thinking about what, you know, now that you claim to have embraced the cross where where is that changing? Where is that working on your life? Let's talk in past. Right. Where Where's is that working fruit? on well, Where's the fruit? Where's <laughs> yeah, the, the fruit? fruit? Where's the fruit of the Spirit? Man? Yeah. But it's bringing but it's, up something that was, that, that was sometimes found in some of our Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved. Right. And I ran into some of the guys that says, I can do whatever I want. I'm saved now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. I accept him. Yeah, and I know, think I can this go out and that's a get out of jail free card. And it's not going to hurt me because I'm saved now. Get out of jail. You're always saved. Get out of so jail. You brought up this incredible point that, that has been an issue sometime in the past for us. But yeah, that's but that's rolling out the oil. <laughs> the ark's out there. I'll just roll it out. But yeah, yeah it's it's um, and you know when we're talking we're talking you know 
sex and stuff, but it goes for it goes for anything. Pride, you know, greed, yeah. um, other those other things that you are so tempted to worship. Uh, or tempted to put first or in front of God, yeah. and um, you know I'm saved. But people, are like, oh, I'm cheating here on my expense report. I'm not okay. I'm saved. Right. <laughs> that's that's not in. The, that's not the the fruit. We go back to go to Galatians or go to the some of the other Paul's writings. Look for the fruits. That's really, uh, and and here we're seeing in the Old Testament some at least some of that fruit of the repentance <laughs> happening. Well, and you know. Y'all were saying as far as, you know, they'd roll out the, the ark. You know, it's our saving grace. Well, I don't read that in this chapter. <laughs> and Samuel went and he prayed earnestly to God. Right. No, I'm talking and about God before. responded. No, I know. I'm yeah. just saying, but in this particular one, God responded without having to have the ark rolled out in front. Right. So God was able to show that he is there without it. Um, which I'm sure would help aid in the believing part. And and after you know, noting after and turn, no, turning to God. After after right. it's noted that the ark is in Kareth Jerem for twenty years, it's never it's never mentioned in this passage again. No. no. <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's more along the lines of matter of fact, if you really want to look at the ark, we see the ark again in David brings it to Jerusalem. And, and it's, is, does David bring it right. from Kareth, Jerem? Kareth, Jerem. I mean, so it stays it's, there. It's sitting there for, a few, for another yeah. few decades. Yeah, until, <laughs> and then David brings it there, and then it goes into the temple. Mm-hmm. And then once it's placed in the temple, it kind of actually disappears from well, history. Well, we never, yeah, we never see it. That, that we just yeah. presume the Babylonians yeah. haul it all. But it's, yeah, at some point, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the thought mm-hmm. is the Babylonians mm-hmm. got it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought Dr. Jones found yes, it. Then, uh, yes, uh, that yeah, was yeah. Yeah. Off but that was very well the, portrayed of uh, the, you know, the guys when they opened the covenant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're saying that from you know, chapter 6, it, it, immediately that's where my head went. Oh, All those stupid people opening up the heart, you know, close your eyes. Don't look at it. The people, when they do commit themselves to serve the Lord, in, in our scripture passage you read, Bill, on verse eight, seven and eight. In fact, they are, they are acting like brand new believers. They have been worshiping the idols for so long. You remember when the Philistines are coming toward them? Now they start crying out to Samuel, say, "Please don't stop praying for us. Please do not stop crying out to the Lord our God, so that He may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines." They have zero faith. Have right. zero faith. Samuel, they're trusting Samuel for all their faith and everything. So. What does Samuel do? Again, he does an act which the Lord receives, and that's he offers a second lamb. And of course, we we of course today believe that Christ was that equivalent there to get the Lord's attention. And uh, he offers a second lamb, and then he cried out to the Lord, like you said, on Israel's behalf, and the Lord heard him. You know, but they may not know how to pray to God as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got. A priest, a judge, or whatever, you've got to view a couple. Well, hey, you know, why don't you pray for us? They don't know how to do it themselves. They don't, no. they don't know as we do today that you have a direct line. You know, and so that had to be a rather interesting place to be at. Then. And I tell you, I, I admire Samuel because you think about it, uh, the, the Israelites wanted him to go to the Lord on their behalf and until they straightened their act up he wasn't going to use that bullet and you got to admire him for that and 
and he stood up to him, you've got to change, then I will go. I will. And that's, that's, that's the thing about leadership, you know, we, you have to recognize, you know, where your, where your leadership is needed, okay? All right, I do have the direct line to God, but I'm not going to drag up some losers, Okay. That's gonna make me right. look. That's gonna yeah. make me look bad. That's same thing. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So here, I'm not gonna waste. It. I'm not gonna waste it. So, you folks, you need to pick it up. You need to step up your game. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go. But I'm not gonna. Well, ahead and, of time. And, and notice, and it's in verse six here. He says, when they had assembled at Mizpah, and they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day, they fasted, and there they confessed. We have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel was the leader of Israel at Mizpah. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, he tells them what they have to do. Then they actually have to go and confess. Right. As part we of don't the know what period process. of time it took. Mm-hmm. Robert, it's very good point. Right. Because in verse four it says the Israelites put away their bells and asherahs. This might have been a week or a month. Right. Or years. Or years to take and all the then, idols down. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he sh- they showed him. We did it. We did what you asked. Right. Then, then, uh, the, because this could have been, you think about this, this could have been a campaign. It could have been so prevalent that it, it was. You know, it was a, you know, a campaign to rid the area. Right. You know. right. It could have been a year. It could have been Absolutely. a Absolutely. And then notice after they do that, what happens? Go they, ahead and they, enlighten me. They, they, they prosper. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, and the funny thing, Israel, the Israelites and the Philistines arrived kind of in the land of Canaan at about the same time. And they never got rid of the Philistines in the 400 years or so they were, judges. And, and, here's, and here's where, you know, this is a kind of, they're kind of in, in Joshua's told to. Yeah. He's given orders from upstairs um, wipe these people out. Oh, and that is all these troublesome. Nonetheless, he does not, and and he, he leaves. I guess it's the two cities is is it's either Gazda, Gaza, and Ashdod. But he leaves. He leaves essentially the the population that that reemerges is the Philistines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 they're you know they got two. I I but the book of Judges covers about two hundred and fifty years. Yeah. So they've been skirt. We've they've been battling. For 250 years, and 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 up then and, and in reality, here here's why they become as so they skirmish like Steve says, mm-hmm. 250 years, mm-hmm. and you actually get where Sam, Samson actually fights the Philistines. Mm-hmm. What prompted this archaeological time? They got hold of iron and knew what to do with iron. <laughs> the Philistines, and once they got all the Philistines. Now, not only are they a minor threat to Israel, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, up until now, they were a nagging nuisance that they were supposed to have gotten rid of. <laughs> but because they didn't get rid of the nuisance, now it actually threatens Israel's whole existence mm-hmm. because they've come mm-hmm. in, because they've scientifically advanced. Mm-hmm. Tell me God didn't. No, mm-hmm. you know, y'all need to yeah. get rid of these guys. <laughs> well, and I think in, as we uh, kind of wind, wind down the, this lesson, let's go ahead and, and put the man lens on it. Uh, you know, there's, and there's a couple of man ways that you can look at it. You can look at it from 
of course, Samuel's point of view, but you can also look at it from the Israelites' point of view. You're a man in there. Uh, you've already been hammered once. You know, you have a leader that's willing to lead you. He lead. He puts out the steps that you're going to have to do. And I think there comes a certain time in life, especially as a man, you lead your circle of influence, but sometimes there's a bigger circle of influence and it's time for you to follow. And I think that's, I mean, that's, that's a lesson, a man lesson that we don't necessarily cover in this thing. And they, so they did confess and they did repent and they meant it. We're ready to be. We're, they, re- we're ready were to be delivered. led. They, they were delivered. Yeah. And, yeah. and I guess the difference is, is, is yeah, you get. Now, I mean, this is a theological history, so we got to be careful here. But, mm-hmm. but if we take the, if we take the lesson at, at what, what's coming at us, we see that you know the, the storm come. They get they get what they were expecting with the ark this time around. They get whirlwind. Without the ark there, yes. by the way. Yes. Right. Right. They get, they get right. the world, they get the, 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 yeah. the storms right. scatter the, the Philistine and, and, and they, they, get, they, get, they get divine help um, and uh, that, which again doesn't come, didn't come back then but you get that deliverance and, and I think that's, that's the takeaway. I mean, I don't I, and, and if, there's, you know, you get into the trouble when you get into, you know, the nation of Israel and God ordaining these, all these deaths, whatever. But you, you boil this down to the individual. I call it post-cross, where really it's not so much nations anymore, but you know, communities of believers. Um, and you, you, you really make God your focus. You will be delivered, one way or another. And you know, but you know, get. Put all those other idols aside. Uh, put all those things, the material things, uh, the things that are really competing for your attention, or you think things you think that will that will protect you. Financial security, the stock market, your iPhone or your phone, your uh, your 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 social network. Uh, you know, your, whatever it is, that's that's going to fail you in the end. And you just, you're always, and you can't treat your faith as just another one of those. Well, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this. <clears throat> I always got, oh, got, well, right. you know. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the faith thing. is a discipline. And, and, you know, and faith, it's a discipline, no. it's a muscle, you it's, must exercise it, it on a regular. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it is the foundation that you believe in. Right. You have to exercise with disciplines. But, That's but, right. but I think also part of yeah. the, the lesson is that you can come back to that. You never, you never really lose it. You might right. you know, your relationship. You might you might really damage your relationship with God. You might lose touch, but you can come back. And and it's it's in military terms here. But it, you look at the parable of the prodigal son. You look at the, so many of those those lost and found parables. It's it's the same idea. You are never totally lost. And really, it's coming down to eliminating all the the crap around you. And yeah. <laughs> that's funny because no, it's, and that's because that's literally what the Israelites do. It's, it's, Throw it away. Right. <laughs> it's getting back to the focus that you mm-hmm. have to have. Right. To exercise it. Absolutely. Well, and you know, that was I mean, kind of the way that I was. You know, I believed and practiced all my life. 
uh, to the military. I pretty much stopped going to church, didn't really think much about it. Uh, went overseas, studied Buddhism a little bit, just because I was in the Orient, and why not? And Me too. I, <laughs> I, I, I love reading Asian uh, You know, But I, I, I didn't go to church. Religion. I didn't think much. I didn't I don't really remember praying to God you know, or anything during those years. Um, and even after I had met my wife, it was some years before we finally felt just the call to go back, you know. Um, and it could have been easy to go the other route, you know, but it was easy to come back as well, which, you know, you mentioned the prodigal son. And I imagine in that same scenario, you know, it was not a hard transition. Everywhere we really went really ended up having open arms, which is what you're looking for, you know, usually in a church. And especially once we found this one, it's one of the friendliest churches I've ever been to. Right. But, just for us, everywhere we went, just made the coming home easy. Well, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up. Uh, I, like I've shared many times before, I've never had that eureka moment. I just always believed. But the difference is, is the depth of my belief. It's much more now, and the effort that I put into it. Uh, I before I was, I call myself a. For 40 years, I was a consumer of religion, going to adult Bible fellowships, Sunday school class. Now, though, I'm part of the leadership of it. So I got promoted to Sunday school teacher. It took me 40 years to get there. But it also <coughs> has put roots and given depth and filled in a lot of the things that I thought about faith and religion and the journey and it's forced the roots to go farther and it's been far more enjoyable and enriching and that's the difference because it's been a steady regular feeding of this journey and that's why this podcast weekly and the bible fellowship is for me is so critical like my grandpa said and it makes perfect sense I go to church every Sunday because it straightens me up and it lasts about seven days. And that's the thing. These lessons, I think about them for a few days and then I'm ready to get the next installment to think about and to help me on my faith. So, and this has been what? This is podcast what? Number what? 58 or 58? Okay, okay. I'm just going to go with that. To me, it's amazing that we actually have to pause and think what number we're on. Because we've wow. got so many now. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't... And, then our, and, and, and we, I guess you had to oh, kill had, a few. I, you had to kill a few so I, the, yeah, the recorder isn't putting don't. file number 40. We, right, right. We're, we're, to, we're totally high-tech and uh, underpowered. <laughs> but hey, we got something special that's coming up. And I'll go ahead and I'll leave that as a teaser. And we'll go around and get summary from the... From the fellows on podcast number 58, it is lesson number three from Character in the Crown, which is a Connect 360 Baptist Way Press study. This is repentance, deliverance, and remembrance. Judge, give us your uh, final summary. Uh, Folks, when the Lord speaks to you, he speaks through your heart. 
and that's a spiritual direction you have to take. And when you when you do it, if you are for the first time repenting and coming to the Lord to know the Lord, if you want to know the Lord, you can always call our church. Bill has mentioned we're at Sugarland Baptist Church, but. If, in fact, you have known the Lord like the Israelites had in the past, and they are turning back to God, it means turning with all your heart again. And the very words of uh, Samuel says, um, return to the Lord with all your hearts, and then, folks, not just returning to the Lord and confessing, but you must repent. You must turn away from whatever you have, whether it's... if it, We can be as, as sharp as saying pornography in your house, if you have things that you are holding you back from drawing you to the Lord, ask the Lord's help to turn away from them and to get rid of them because he will help you. He desires every moment of your life to help you do him and draw him close to you. Excellent. Kyle Trahan. What? I don't want to follow that. Oh, man. I know, man. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to either. That's why, that's why I called on you. Thanks so much. No, that really was. That was great, Mike. Um, I really have nothing to add on to that. Yeah, it, it was really beautiful. Was. That, that was, was beautiful. Really well said. Professor. Yeah, it, it's, it's all about repentance and turning back and, and recognizing that, like Mike said, it's, it's really just recognizing it's in your heart that matters. Not bringing the ark out, not going to see the priest. Right. And, and not the rituals. I, and and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. You can't come park your carcass in our church every Sunday go and do what you want to do and have true faith you know it's not just about showing up here right you'll hear the word here won't you all? you'll hear the word here but it, it's got to be more than just that the word isn't in your heart correct well, let's just see let that stay that we talked about Repentance. We talked about deliverance. Very briefly, we, the remembrance was part of this, and you are encouraged here at the end of this lesson to, like the Israelites did at uh, Mizpah, in Mizpah, they they placed a a stone of hope. That was Ebenezer. That's what it means in Hebrew. A stone of hope. A a touchstone. Quite literally, to remember, God delivered us here, and so. We, God will deliver you. Remember those times. And, and one last closing story. In our Bible study, John Apio, who's from Africa, uh, he told a story that back when he still lived there, it was could be tough times with civil disorder. And there was a period where they weren't sure where their next meal was coming from. And they really did trust the Lord. The Lord delivered. And he told the story that uh, for a long time after that, maybe it's still in his old home back there, they left a can of food on the shelf. They never opened it as a remembrance that we remember the days where we that, that shelf was empty, yet we always ate. Right. And so that was their touchstone. Now you can find something else for the, your own. Everybody has their own battles. And and the Lord remember the Lord will deliver you. And when it does, it doesn't it doesn't hurt. Not, not to create a shrine to worship, but to create a touchstone to remember that he came through for me then, he will come through for me again. That's excellent, and uh, what a great panel discussion this has been. I would like to just add one more thing. I think the Lord wants us all to move ahead. 
and not waste our time validating our past and what is past. Confess, repent, don't do it again, and get going. And I think is that's the man part of the story and how certainly so one way back. to look mm-hmm. at it. You're telling us not to look back, right? Touch it. it. Do yeah. the touchstone. Have the memory. Have the memory. Re- repent, but move on. Yeah. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And as men, move on and lead. And that's what Samuel did. <clears throat> this has been awesome. It's been great being here. I know I told, teased you a little bit uh, earlier. We're going to be on camera, and that's going to be in two weeks. We're going to get the fellas all gussied up. We're going to have it uh, have a video made. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, I can't come in a bathrobe. No, no. They're actually going to see what you look like. So we're going to have to have a warning before that, gets, that, that show gets started. But that's going to get shot in two weeks. It's going to be, we haven't really decided. I asked the fellows, nobody said anything yet, whether we're going to have a special Father's Day or if we're going to be going through another lesson from Connect 360. But we're so glad you're here. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. We also have a Facebook page at Man-Up. Also, Robert, Twitter. Twitter, Man-Up, Land. Please follow us. Follow us. Uh, if you have a question, you can go ahead and... Uh, Get a hold of us, and we will go ahead and uh, muddy that subject up as much as we can on the next (laughs) broadcast. So on behalf of the Man Up group, my name is Bill Cox, and I want to make sure that you know that you are always welcome here at our Men's Only Adult Bible Fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. But we invite you also and encourage you to go to a Bible-based church. Get involved. Be a part of that fellowship of community of believers and invite you also and encourage you to join a men's only adult bible fellowship and if there isn't one start one that's man up thanks so much you've been listening to man up you want answers. i want the truth you can't handle the truth dedicated to the uncommon man created by equally uncommon men if i were the man i was five years ago I take a flame through into this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man Dash Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.